0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Know Your Gear podcast, a podcast where I answer questions every week. If you want to join me live, you can join me on the YouTube channel, Philip McKnight. And as always, I want to thank you guys for joining this podcast. So let's get started. Today's first question is really funny. It's from James and James says, am I first? James, you were first. (laughs) Thank you for the easiest question I've ever had to answer on this channel. Uh, I don't know if there's an easy answer prize, although I would tell you this, James. If you ever get three wishes from a genie, please think first before that first question. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Thank you, James. I just loved it. It was great. That's a good segue into the used guitar topic. Used guitars. So what ha- What prompted all this was last week, and I, for- I forgot the name of the viewer. I apologize. Uh May, I found it. It's Street Songs. <laughs> it was easy. Street Songs brought up a, uh, a comment last week that they paid $600 or are about to pay $600 Canadian for a 2018 used Made in Mexico Strat. I polled you, the audience, asking if that was too much. Uh, and uh, I was wrong. I thought the new ones were $650 and somebody actually put in the comments like, this for $750 US now? Anyways, the importance of this discussion was After polling you guys, the majority of you said that was too much money for a used Mexican Strat, Made Mexico Strat. After going online and looking, that looked like that was actually not only fair market at the time, fair meaning averaged of the prices available, it's actually seemed a little low in some cases. Some prices I found Made Mexico Strat, people are getting nuts, man! Now first, I'd like to point out, we're not going to pull up any prices or, or, or auctions on Reverb. Why? Because I believe everyone has the right, the God-given right, to post whatever price they want on whatever they want to sell it for. <laughs> I think that's the buyer's mistake, to assume that a seller wants to sell something. I understand the mistake, don't get me wrong, because it seems crazy. Why would a seller not want to sell something? But sometimes it's fishing. Sometimes they're just like, I'll sell it if somebody will give me this insane price. There's all kinds of reasons why people sell stuff. It's definitely not always to pay the bills. So... Um, so I don't critique anyone that way. So if somebody puts, you know, $5,000 on a guitar that's worth $300, well, you know, let them twiddle their thumbs forever while it never sales. <laughs> sales. Uh, you know, and hopefully no one is silly enough or are naive enough to pay that crazy price. Or if they are, I've paid over market value sometimes on a guitar and it's just because I wanted it. It was what I wanted. The person was pretty hard on the price. And, uh, you know, sometimes you, you have to make your own decisions. We're all grownups here, I hope. So, anyways, all that being said, the prices are crazy, and here's why I say that. Uh, first of all, I decided, for some reason that I can't really kind of quantify, so I can't tell you. I decided I wanted a GNL telly again. I have a GNL telly, an ASAT double humbucker. I wanted an actual telly. Actually, really, what it was, I really wanted a blonde. Uh, Sorry, Butterscotch Tele again. And I guess Fender is in play on that, too. But I wanted a Butterscotch Telecaster. And a very specific one, too. I prefer Rosewood fretboards. I like Maple fretboards, but I prefer Rosewood. And for some reason, I wanted a Butterscotch Tele with a Rosewood fretboard. It's a very specific thing to want. Because as you guys know, if you're Fender players or people who like Fender, you know that Fender doesn't do that. Not ever, just not not rarely, very rarely. So anyways, I, uh, I, uh, I found G&Ls. Here's what made me laugh. And this is what I want to share with you. I found a brand new one for $1,650. Shipped. And it actually had some cool features, like an arm carve and a belly carve. And I was really, really dialed in on this guitar. I was like, wow, this is really cool. It's a new one. And... <laughs> Uh, so, of course, that's a lot of money, and when I, how I buy guitars, like a lot of you, is something has to go for something to come in. So you're like, okay, if I spend that much money, sometimes it's two guitars or a more more higher-end guitar that I maybe want not want to get rid of to get that guitar. So, anyways, the point of the story is I started looking at used ones. The lowest used one I could find anyone willing to take was $1,450 dollars. And we know a year ago, pre-COVID, if a guitar, especially a g hard-to-sell guitar like a G&L, if, it was at, if they were asking 1650 you would expect used to be maybe 1200 probably probably 1000 to be honest with you, right? Um, not always half, but maybe 60%, something like that. Anyways, this is why the story is funny. So two people on a platform that I won't name... <laughs> I sent them offers, and I said, even though they didn't have make-offer, I said, hey, I really want this guitar. Would you be willing to negotiate? No response from one, and the other one said no. So why the story's funny is, Music Store Live, which is also, I think it's Big Dog or Big Daddy Music. It's it's one-something dog. But Music Store Live, (laughs) they're the ones that had it for $16.50. I went into their website. I hit the chat window. And I said, would you ship me this guitar for $1,485 shipped? That's tax out the door everything to me. Now, keep in mind, if I would have bought the guitar used for $1,450, it would have been $1,450 plus, let's say, $100 tax. $1,550. Guess what Music Store Live said? In on, on under 10 seconds, I got a message. Absolutely. We'll send you the invoice. And I paid it probably within a minute. Within five minutes. Well, okay, I'm exaggerating now. That was all accurate. Maybe about 20 minutes. I had a tracking number. <laughs> I just bought a brand new guitar for less than used, and no one used would take it. At, thank you, uh, YHZ2002. It's Pitbull Audio. See, I knew it was some kind of dog. At Pitbull Audio owns Music Store Life. They were who bought them. So it's it's on both sides. I could have gone either way. I just. You know, I like Music Store Live because the way they show the pictures, even though it's the same same business, same entity. Um, <laughs> uh, Gerald says, "Why do you say GNL guitars are hard to sell? Because they're hard to sell." <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm sorry, Gerald. I'm, I'm only laughing because look, they are hard to sell. Um, I have owned many GNLs in the past. Many players have many stories like this. I love GNL. I love the GNL guys. Look, let me tell you. I would give my dollar to GNL. Every time over Fender, every time I possibly can. Okay, why? Because I I know the Fender guys and I know the GNL guys and the GNL guys GNL guys are pretty down to earth, small company, small mentality, great quality guitars. They just don't invest in marketing. That's my personal opinion. They don't invest in marketing. A lot of people have a lot of theories why GNL doesn't sell it that well. Um, it's because usually it's because they have an uh, ugly headstock. I'm getting tongue tied. Let me hold on a second. A lot of people contribute G&L's uh, lower sales uh, or lower resale value to their their undesirable headstock. Uh, that could be true. That happens. That's a plague a lot of guitar companies have to deal with. Some reason we just don't like a headstock and it doesn't sell as well. However, however, um, it, it's been common for years you can buy a G&L for less than a Fender. You know what I mean? That's kind of like the thing. Um, and if you have a GNL and you sell it, it's a little tricky to sell, right? It is. It just is. However, COVID has definitely firmed up the prices, as we see. My point to that story, and just that's not the only story I have this week, by the way. That story is obviously the retailers are still negotiating. They're still they're still making deals. Um, yet the recent. So I I just I've never experienced this, so you guys know. And that's something new. 20 years in this business, <laughs> buying, selling, fixing guitars. I've never seen where I literally take out my ducats, my money, and wave it in front of bu- sellers. And they they like, no, not interested, man. I got 50 buyers on this. By the way, none of those guitars that were used sold yet. Uh, <laughs> right? And, and I could go to a retailer and say, hey, make me a deal. And they're like, absolutely. Money's money. So it's crazy. I had the same experience again with, uh, I bought another, I bought a used guitar this week. So behind me, if you can't tell, I'm pointing at it right now. If you're on the podcast, I'm pointing at a guitar. I'm pointing at a Music Man Axis in purple next to my PV Wolfgang in purple. So I now have the matching set. I decided I want Access. You will find out why soon, <laughs> because there'll be a video about Access, just the guitar in general and everything and kind of a fun thing. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm gonna put a link to something uh, if you're watching the the uh, reprise right now. I'll put the link to this access. So, anyways, what's funny about that was same thing. Went out there looking at used accesses. Man, everybody's asking prime price, prime, prime. Like, and I know it's because we it's COVID. It's low guitar supply. Eddie passed away last year, which drove up the prices of guitars like his. Here's what's f- interesting about this. Same story. This guitar was used on a website, <laughs> uh, but from a retailer. The retailer was Sam Ash. I reached out to Sam Ash, asked for a deal, got a smoking deal. In fact, it got a, such a good deal on this guitar that uh, it it led to, hey, there's a little extra over. Why don't I put it towards something else? And that's what led down to the road to the uh, g So those are the two guitars purchased. Uh, if you guys know, I sold my Nags last week. Uh, and uh, I sold... Um, Two other guitars. What did I sell? Nags. I sold my Wolfgang because I knew I was getting the Music Man. That's I had to make room, right? And I decided I wanted the access um, for the reasons you'll find out soon. And then I sold. Uh, I, I sold one other guitar. But anyways, um, the point is that's that's what I did. I I just you know rotated some stuff out. Interestingly enough, though, all week spending the whole week on reverb <laughs> and maybe eBay and other places, it was interesting time after time to watch. Everyone putting astronomical high prices on these guitars. And what I saw was a lot of it not selling, a lot of it sitting. I think this is, I don't know, okay? I, I, I Again, because I'm talking to 990 of you, and I, I, and however many watch the read broadcast and the podcast. So I don't want to say like, again, I don't want to pretend ever that I have some kind of crystal ball. Please understand, I'm asking questions just like you. I think we might have hit the top, the tippy top of this uh, of this high price wave, I think we're at, we're done. <laughs> um, I know the logic being that the the the, the point is demand will uh, demand and supply will still apply. In other words, the low supply of used guitars will still keep the demand up. But I think we're at the height of the prices. This has just gotten crazy. Some of the, like I said, and my my reasoning for that, my reasoning for why I think we're at the tippy top was, although I didn't find it very easy to find people willing to make me a deal on their used guitars. Okay. Um, by the way, on both the guitars I sold this week, uh, the EVH and the um, and the uh, the Nags, I was sent an offer and I think I accepted. I know for a fact on the Nags. I'm pretty sure on the EVH as well too. Very reasonable offers, by the way. They offered me like 10 percent less than I was asking, and and I'm like, it's not exactly one to sell it for. But again, you know, we're, we're close, and I have a buyer in hand. Why not move on, right? I was happy, but my point is. This is just crazy to watch this. I'm not paying, so you guys know, I'm not paying more for a guitar used than I can buy a new one. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't need anything that bad. Uh, so nope. Uh, <laughs> so there you there you go. There you go. That was the thing I would. But I'm really interested in is what you all think of this. How do you feel about the used prices? I feel like. Of course we have inflation, of course we have low supply because of nags, and of course a new interest because people are trapped at home. All those things factored in, absolutely, but man oh man, it's just getting, it's getting silly out there, and I just can't imagine this is going to hold. So, and the reason I say that is because as addicted to this as I am, and as much as I love this, you saw, I won't do it. I won't pull that trigger. I will not buy guitars for these prices. So. I will, uh, I don't know, (laughs) go do something else. (laughs) And the selection is low. And of course, that's the supply-demand factor. And again, I understand that. I agree with it. There's not a supply. And I understand getting top dollar for the gear you have. That I understand too. Again, I'm not complaining. I'm just explaining where I stand on this. Everybody's allowed to ask whatever they want. I will find a way, as I just explained I did, (laughs) right? I will either find the guitar I really want at the price I'm willing to pay, or I will do something else with my money. Paul says it's a good time to sell unwanted gear. I I believe so. Look, I thought that last year. That's why I sold 19 guitars last year. I think in a couple weeks you'll see. I told you guys a couple podcasts ago I had to do an interview. In a couple weeks I think you'll see the interview. That was something we discussed in that interview uh, was that that last year the height of, and the covid the height I don't know if it's the height of covid but last year when covid happened um over the year I bought four guitars but I sold 19 I cleared out way more and uh the I think the I don't know if this will be in the interview but the question asked was why did I do that And I said, well, because I had done this before uh, when the recession happened in 2007, I saw the opportunity to buy. I bought as as many guitars as I could during the recession as a store owner because I I knew this was the time to buy the inventory. It's like the stock market. It's like you buy this inventory and then you can flip it later. This is the time to unload inventory. Don says, two-year waiting period for a Frankenstein EVH. Well, the EVH, the Eddie Van Halen thing, is a separate, I think, a separate thing. Okay? I don't think, because we know what it is. It's a perfect storm of of horrible things to happen. Events. It's okay. You have you have the COVID thing, and then and that causes people to buy more guitars, and then that puts a drain on the available amount of guitars, which drives up the prices. And then Eddie passes, which then affects us emotionally, which makes us want to buy a guitar. You know what I mean? Eddie Van Halen guitar. Um, I I felt, uh, you know, I was lucky. I, I I lucked out in the idea that. Uh, I told you guys. Uh, emotionally, I bought that EVH white one, the one I just sold. I I bought it emotionally because I was upset about Eddie passing, and I felt like this need to, I don't know, fill the the sadness. Supposedly <laughs> so the guitar. Sorry, it's my awkward laugh. Of I don't I can't explain my logic. Just did it. And um, but I think if I was really thinking about it, would have bought an Axis. I've been wanting an Axis probably longer than than anything, only because not only because Eddie Van Halen, but I'm as you guys, some of you might know, old. Old viewers from the beginning of the channel, I'm a huge bowling for Soup fan, and uh, they, they, you know, the singer plays an axis. Okay, so I'm gonna read some comments. So Glenn says, uh, "What idiot would pay more for used uh, than you can buy a new one for less?" Well, I mean, that's not. I understand he's gonna go, he's going for the jugular on the comment. I understand that. I try to t- taper it a little smoother, a little nicer, a little plighter. Um, Well, Glenn, I think sometimes it's that rationale. You need this. Look, you need this. I I hope you guys are as as lucky as I am in this collecting habit. I have a friend. I have a couple. I'm not bragging. I have two, maybe three, that I can text that pitcher. Should I buy this? (laughs) No. (laughs) Good. Or... Didn't you have one of those three years ago and got rid of it? You need that. It, it's a bounce back. That's why I, I hope this show, this is what the show gives a lot of us. Look, I, 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 uh, I, 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 you know, a lot of people know the story. I used to work in the corporate world and then I decided to stop and I went into this guitar world. And when I was in the corporate world, I was very lonely when it came to my hobby of guitars. I feel I, I no one I knew. I mean, you know, there was 400 and something people in my building and not one of them played guitar. So there was nobody I knew. I would go, you know, to to a party, and we could talk politics, sports, which I absolutely love, uh, <laughs> and nobody would talk guitar. So just you just had, you know, you, you know, you had to find somebody. So so now I have friends that play guitar, and it's nice to bounce crazy ideas off them. Like, hey, thinking about getting this or. You know what I mean? So it's it's so to answer your question, Glenn. It's uh, yeah, they're an idi- it's an idiotic thing to do, but a lot of times it's because you're not paying attention, and not thinking to look. Think about this: a lot of players, a lot of people, and I'm one of them who wouldn't could look at all the price. If you go and look at the prices of ten guitars you used, and they're all obnoxiously priced, it doesn't occur to you to go fishing down individual guitar websites or look for. You know what I mean? Like I said, a lot of us are, like what I said earlier about me just contacting Music Store Live and asking for a deal and they gave it to me. Uh, a lot of you nodded probably when watching me say that. Like, yeah, of course, that's what you do. And a bunch of you went, what? What do you mean you just make up a price and a music store just gave it to you online? Because as we know, like even Sweetwater, I tell you guys all the time, contact your Sweetwater rep. Ask him for the price. Ask him for the deal. Right, just ask for the deal. Always talk to somebody. I, I personally don't like getting on the phone. So, uh, like I said, with the uh, Store Live, I did the, the chat, which is what I do with my rep. Oh, I didn't turn my phone off. <laughs> what, I, what I do with my rep? Um, uh, what I do with my rep when uh, when I'm with Sweetwater? I don't, I don't actually call him. I just email him. Jeff says I have more than a few. He says you got, he means me. You got more than a few friends that like to talk about guitar. Now now. Now, of course, we could all talk guitar, <laughs> right? This is a weekly, let's talk about guitars. I'm seeing interacting with your comments and stuff. But yeah, I'm just saying, I can relate to some of you if if you were in the situation or in this currently in the situation I was in, which is, I understand. Sometimes, you know, you work at a job and, you know, you don't... Look, it's not even a guitar player. That's one thing. <laughs> Meeting a guitar player and having a conversation about, you know, your favorite music or your favorite style of guitar playing or, or, you know, what what chords or scales you like or what style you like to play in. That's a conversation. But then finding that extra nerd, guitar player, geek, whatever you want to call it, that's like, hey, you know what I like to do with my free time? Stare at hours of ads about guitars. <laughs> I like to look at uh, used guitars for about two hours a night. <laughs> and some of you, I know you do it. That's why you're here. <laughs> Hopefully I'm stopping you from doing that. (laughs) Okay. The lone wolf. A lone wolf. That's what I said. The the lone wolf. A a lone wolf. I'm a a lone wolf. I'm a lone wolf. I hope you guys get that joke. That's a uh, Bruce Campbell joke. (laughs) I'm an alone wolf. You mean a lone wolf? That's what I said. I'm an alone wolf. Anyways, a lone wolf says, Hey, Phil, I know I have 21 guitars. 16 electric and five acoustics while living in a full-time in a 38-foot diesel pusher motorhome. The problem is, yeah, we're going to guess. (laughs) I'm going to guess. I'm not even going to read the rest of the question, okay? Hold on a second. I'm going to guess that the problem is is that your guitars are literally spanned uh, 21 guitars uh, if you space about two feet on one wall, run the distance to that. <laughs> okay, so anyways, alright, it says, okay, the problem is, he's gonna tell us, the problem is I couldn't part with a single one of my guitars. I understand that. <laughs> this is the good news, a lone wolf. The good news is you live in a 38-foot diesel pusher, and so your, your problem could be much worse. I, I, I've i said this before. I have no problem admitting my faults. <laughs> I have many of them. I just don't want to mention them all in one show every time. Uh, my room is very small. This room I'm in is very small. It's very tiny. This is the guitars, by the way. There's two on the other wall that you can't see right now, but that's it. Um, and then in my other room, I have a few guitars in that room. <laughs> okay. Uh, if I had a bigger house, I'd have more guitars. It'd be stupid. <laughs> in fact, a lot of times when everybody's like, oh, you sold a guitar. I only sell guitars because of room. Uh, okay, money is a factor always. But room is more of a factor in my life than money by far. It's cause guitars just and they do this even in cases and gig bags they suck up room. And I don't like guitars that I can't play. So a lot of people will case their guitars. It's like a thing. They like to uh they like to case a bunch of guitars up, play a bunch of guitars when they get bored, swap the thing. I, I find if I put a guitar in a case and put it in a closet, I'll go a year or two and I won't even think about that guitar. I will I literally no exaggeration, literally play the guitar that is closest to whatever amp I'm going to play. Uh, so if I put a guitar right on a hanger next to me, that's what I'll play for weeks. If I didn't do YouTube, I literally wouldn't even touch all the other guitars because I just get in the habit grab the ones next to me. So yeah, I understand. <laughs> so the good news is I think you have enough guitars, man. Just saying 21 for that, for that spacing is uh, that's tight. You can see how I did it. That's about as packed in as you can get them. I, I I did a lot of work over the years. If you notice in this room, I was determined to fit all my guitars in this little tiny room, and I did it. There they are. That is that is ninety percent of my collection. Um, because I don't. There's one. I'm looking behind me. There's one. Oh, there's actually not that many today. Two. I won't tell you guys because I, uh, I think there's two. I see two or three. So there's two or three guitars. They're they're in the cycle of loan for the channel, and the rest are like mine. So. That's what it is. Sometimes when people ask, "How many guitars do I have?" Well, I have so many guitars, but then there's guitars coming in and out for the channel for for review purposes or whatever. This is from Joyce. Uh Joyce is. This is the two-part question or two sections. Joyce was saying, "Hey Phil, have you ever have you ever had your dog?" Has your dog, my dog, accidentally trashed any of my gear, knocked it over, a cherished guitar, or just a lighthearted question? Uh, it's just a lighthearted question for Friday. Okay, so she's saying, don't be too serious. I got you. So uh, yes and no. My dog has never damaged, my dogs uh, have never damaged any of my guitars um, because they all hang on a wall. However, when I got my, my newest dog that I have that my wife got when he was a puppy, uh, he ate all my microphone, the foam things that are on there. Oh, I'm tapping the mic. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, so uh, he ate, ate every single one of them. <laughs> uh, all my mics, of course, are usually mic and cabinets are low. And I guess like when we walk by the mic stand, he thought it was like, oh, a snack, and he just like grabbed it and ate it. I uh, did that. He ate uh, he ate one of my microphones, chewed it up. <laughs> one of my lapel mics. Uh, anything that was small like that. So, I mean, some gear like that was uh, trash. The only damage I've ever had to an instrument was done by my son. And uh, and that, if you haven't experienced, I'll uh, tell you guys why, why all my guitars are on the wall, have been forever, and only on string swing. Because, one, that's the only thing I trust first. So, string swing is the only thing I use, period. And that's the only thing I trust. That's just how it goes. Uh, um, so, that being said. Uh, Why are my guitars hanging on my wall is when when my son was young very young I don't know how old could have been. I don't know when they barely can talk. (laughs) I Was sitting (laughs) I was sitting in the kitchen and I heard this sound it was And and it was like huh, that's odd sound. What is that? What is that sound and then around the corner is my son Dragging my very beautiful Warwick bass over the tiles, sh-doot, sh-doot, sh-doot. and right as I looked in horror of dismay of what a what is what what, <laughs> my son goes, I-, "I brought this for you," <laughs> and I, and that's what's great about kids when they're young. That God makes them cute, so we don't kill them. Because um, at that point, I was like, "Well, isn't that the cutest thing?" And then I picked up the bass and I didn't look at it for about an hour. <laughs> and then I looked at it and yeah, it was chewed. <laughs> um so here's why they're on the wall. My son just it was in a guitar stand. He couldn't lift it. That thing was probably 10 pounds. It was um it just he just knocked it over on the floor and dragged it into the kitchen. So there's your hit there's your tip, guys. Anybody any our women Anybody expecting a kid, get the crap on the wall as fast as you can. (laughs) And if you have a dog, just put your stuff on the wall is what I'm saying. Or keep it in a case. A lot of OMGs. Yeah, it was cute and horrible. It's a lot funnier now. (laughs) It's actually hilarious now. Back then, not so much. (laughs) Declan's question says, Hey, Phil, do you think Music Nomad will send you their new nut files to try out? Question mark. Good quality, low-cost files would be a real winner in this market. So, uh, yes, the answer is yes. Uh, okay, so let me tell you what I can tell you. Uh, as you guys know, I always try to be up front with you guys, but sometimes I have NDA stuff a little bit in the background. There's no real NDA on this. Uh, that's a non-disclosure agreement. I have met with Music Nomad. Uh, we did a Zoom call. I think it was about two weeks ago. I can't remember. Uh, And um, I I talked to them before. They reached out to me and asked me if I would be willing to do a video with their nut files and their new KISS uh, setup system. And I have been very interested in this uh, concept. As you guys know, my whole channel, at least I feel like, my channel is predicated on the idea of how do you, the newcomer to guitar repair, do some guitar repair? And Uh, so obviously anybody who's saying, hey, look, we're going to create a system. I got to tell you, some of the stuff they did, and I I went through an actual PowerPoint. They actually showed me a whole PowerPoint presentation. It was like a, real I feel like a real business person like we sat went through all this information uh, instructional information all this stuff because and they were very serious So you guys know I feel I feel very privileged they uh, they told me uh, that I'm the only YouTube channel that they reached out to and f- they wanted me to do this demonstration of their product and I let them know as you guys have seen in the new videos where I'm diagnosing the guitars and try that I would love to apply their stuff to that concept as well to see if because that would be maybe uniformly uh, better for you guys if you see me go okay here i got a guitar here's what i found wrong with it here's how i'm fixing it here's how i diagnosed it here's how i fix it and then it would be really cool if i was using a lot of times a kit although not an expense inexpensive guys but let's be fair in my world of repair their kit their setup kit is twenty dollars less than i charge to set up your guitar so their kit feels expensive, but if you were to buy it and be successful, you just put twenty dollars in your pocket. That if you only get one setup, <laughs> right? Um, and uh, so, uh, so Ken says, "Kiss, darn it! I just learned train. They're all, all they all apply. Look, I took this very seriously. Everything that they're showing you in their kit." I think, uh, as you guys know, I've been very clear about this over the years. I've shown you guys, uh, I try to be as balanced as I can with stuff. I go, here's some Stumac stuff, and here's how I use Mac, And you guys go, that's expensive. And I go, great, here, I'll go to a damn dollar store. And I bought some stuff at dollar store and did a setup. And then they go, that's junk. And I go, great, I went to Amazon. So I've done as many videos as I can crossing as many platforms of different tools, and I continue to do so. Because just like guitars, I don't think there's a $3,000 guitar or a $30 guitar. Well, no such thing as a $30 guitar. But $300 guitar $3,000 guitars have a place in the world uh, and tools work the same way so yes to answer your question uh, yeah not only will I do a video but I plan to integrate it into some of the more of these to continue on down the road that I've been going with these new reviews uh, which is uh, I like the saying I, I I didn't coin it obviously but I've been using a lot to play it where it lands every guitar now I just open another box you see the unbox you see what I have to deal with um, you know what I mean and and then I go from there <laughs> so hopefully yeah so the answer to your question Declan yeah you'll be seeing that on the channel um, uh, exactly what you said they're coming out soon and I thought in my conversation with them they will be shipping them to me as soon as they're available to you guys too so I'll be doing that and yeah uh, yeah and then uh, and uh, and in fact here's just something really cool I, I you know since I'm gonna share something really cool um, uh, since you guys should deserve it, because you guys are the people hanging out with me on my podcast, you deserve this information. Uh, two things that I thought were super crazy cool. First of all, they showed me where uh, showed me a cool trick with their files. And once I saw the trick, which is the files pop out of those yellow plastic forms, and, and that they've already learned from some of the luthiers where there's some issues with the plastic forms, but there's a way to pop them out, and you can still use them that way and pop them in. So I'll be demonstrating that in the video. That's really cool because they didn't have that out yet because that's something they learned uh, since the product develop, uh, launch. But but the other thing that's really cool is um, if you want to look it up, I'll put a link in the description. It's not an affiliate link. Well, it might be if I have Sweetwater link, I'll use that. But if I don't, you know, I'll just use whatever link. But get it where you like. Sweet, uh, Music Nomad now has an Allen wrench kit, and it has every Allen wrench you'll ever need to adjust any neck ever. But more importantly, on their website, absolutely free, is a free uh, Alan Wrench Trust Rod lookup feature. And I already tested it. In fact, I got the Tone King to test it with me. I had him do it as a favor. And I said, you know, and so you can go on Music Nomad's website. And if I seem excited, it's because I am excited. This stuff like this, well, first of all, you don't even have to buy their kit. They're just giving you free information. So that's just cool. So you go to uh, Music Nomad's website, look up Trust Rod Allen Wrench, you know, locator. You'll see what I'm talking about when you go on their website. And you click it, you can click, click down, it's a drop down menu. Any guitar, Charvel, it'll say Charvel, US, Japan, Mexico, you know what I mean? All the variations, the years you click the the one you have it tells you exactly what allen wrench in this kit or socket wrench or whatever you need it's in this kit and the kit's like 70 bucks it's not cheap but it's kind of cool <laughs> and if you don't want to buy their kit they're giving you the information where what wrench you can use if you already have it this is from Steve steve says hey phil i'd really love to get into your guitar ma- into guitar maintenance uh, what's the best way to go about this should i get a kit or work on Uh, it after assembly. So in other words, this is the age-old question of, hey, is it better to learn on a guitar kit or on repairing uh, guitars? I Personally, it's my personal thing. Of course, it's because that's the way I learned. I personally think the best thing you can do is take guitars that are already built, find the issues with them, and fix them. And the stepping process, which is why I'm trying to do my uh, review videos this way, to kind of cement this logic of everyone should learn to diagnose a problem Because whether you want to do it or not is irrelevant, you know, right? That's up to each person to decide. And whether you can afford it, of course, is that, that's, that's, you know, that's your decide as well. However, being informed is never a bad thing. So, knowing what's wrong with the guitar when you go to talk to somebody, have it repaired, or is a good idea. So, I say the best thing you can do is get your hands on some cheap guitars. Now, of course, you can buy some glaries and stuff, you know, that's why I review those. Those are cheap, $75 guitar it's obviously going to have an issue. Almost every Glary has some kind of issue which is can be corrected. Some are worse than others, <laughs> but you know, you can correct that. However, I've suggested this many times in the past, uh, you know, everyone knows somebody that has a junky guitar and they'll probably let you kind of take your take a whack at it. <laughs> right? Uh, it, try to that's the scenario you're looking for. You're like, "Hey, uh, my neighbors got a Behringer strat that they never played and the frets are poking out. What a great opportunity for you to fix it for them. You get the, the skill set, they get a better guitar, and if it doesn't work out, well then you know they taking the risk because they're getting free labor. Again, it's a it's a, a great way to start. So yeah, fixing up cheap guitars. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> just find yourself go to your go to a pawn shop or music store and just try to find that just that three-string missing Dented fret disaster, and give it a shot. You'll 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 go far. Kit guitars, I feel like you can learn a lot. There's no downside to that in the concept of it. But, uh, price wise, I still think you can find cheaper, you know, used beat up guitars than you can buy a kit. Uh, there's uh, some cheap kits out there, but my experience is the cheaper the kits get, the worse it's going to get, anyways. Where a cheaper guitar, you still have a shot of getting a semi-decent guitar and just having to do some issues with it. Because again, you're not—you don't want to have to do crazy luthier work to a guitar to start out on. You just want to fix simple issues first. Fixing frets. The the, the other thing, Steve, that's going to help you is this: the two things that everyone has problems with is soldering and fret work. So uh, a lot of a lot of players are very comfortable adjusting necks. Adjusting bridges setting intonation that's stuff that most people if they watch a video they're like, okay I feel like I can do that now to my guitar and they feel very confident Uh, If you want to be successful in doing guitar maintenance for not only yourself, but for others Look at the two things that everybody doesn't want to work with electronics and fret work Um, And I only say that because literally uh, that's the foundation of all my repair work. Like uh, that's where I make all my money (laughs) Somebody's got something uh, some haywire uh, electronic issue or their frets are jacked up i will always make money with that um it's very rare when it's like hey will you just adjust this neck for me because a lot of times if i do that it's like i just did one last week for a customer he had a martin and all it needed was a neck relief a quarter turn and he's like how much and i'm i don't know what do you charge for that so i used to have a bench fee <laughs> to, you know what i mean but now i just like uh free (laughs) so uh you know what i mean so it's nicer if it has a little bit more problematic because it's more time the more time i spend the more money i can make aaron peacock hey aaron have you ever had your hands on a fender ultra strat hss what did you think how well does the split humbucker perform by the way love the channel love the backlog of the live shows thank you so much aaron i appreciate that um i have not I have played... Wait, I'm trying to think. So now there's a new Ultra, right? Like, it's so confusing. (laughs) It's like Ultra and Ultra something. I've played two Ultra Strats. Three. Played three Ultra Strats. Whatever was the Ultras before this year when they made the stainless steel Ultras. Whatever they call that Ultra now. um, And uh, played them. I'm not a fan of those pickups. There's nothing wrong with them. If you have an Ultra Strat right now and you love those pickups, I promise we'll be friends... (laughs) I, <laughs> I'm i not judging you. There's, uh, there's countless things I'm sure you could like about those pickups. I don't, uh, they don't appeal to me. Uh, there's something about them that just doesn't do it for me. They're not aggressive enough to be aggressive pickups for me, and they're not stratty, vintagey enough to be vintage. They're somewhere in the middle that I'm just not finding the sweet spot for me, my personal taste. Um, so that, to answer your question, is uh, I have tried the HSS, didn't love it. Uh, The the pickups, but I didn't like the uh, other iterations of those pickups either. There's no Fender Noiseless pickups that I've played that I've liked. (laughs) So uh, maybe the vintage ones, the original ones, a little, but to be honest with you, and and to give you a reference so you guys can put a bar on this, I would rather have laces than those, and a lot of you guys would be the opposite of me. You would be like, the laces are horrible. So it's, just, again, just different strokes, different folks, different flavors. So that's my flavor choice. So that's my answer to that. Um, so the answer to the question is, how do I how do I think the split humbucker performed? Uh, it's, again, none of it was to my uh, liking. The guitar itself, fantastic. I love the guitar. Um, the pickups. Also, the problem is those pickups are problematic. I've already fixed two of them. I've had to do two repairs on them. So just the, by design. It's the, the idea, this idea of putting a PC board at the bottom of the pickup seems to uh, Well it bugs the hell out of me because one I think they're doing it because it's cheap and, and they're trying to be consistent And maybe that's good cheap and it's cheap and consistent's good. But right now. It just means I got to fix them And it's not fun to fix them um, So I'm not a fan of that <laughs> So there you go. So on the answer the The hardest answer I can give you on the on the guitar is I love the guitar and I don't love the pickups all right. Happy Friday, Phil. Do you think an American Fender from the 90s will be a valuable collector's item 30 to 40 years from now? I think anything made in the USA will be valuable. The argument, of course, and again, this is we're now we're back in the opinion world, right? Nobody knows the future. And if you do, give me a call at. <laughs> no, seriously. No one knows the future. The arguments are simple, there's two arguments in play. Looking at the history of guitars, all guitars went up in value for the most part. We'll say 90%. That seems safe, especially the American stuff and the Japanese stuff, right? However, the the counter argument is, younger generations won't give a crap, right? Um, but, I my theory is separate than those theories. Here's my theory. Guitar's value is about availability, right? Doesn't matter where it's made. You can make a guitar in China, and if everybody, if, if 50 people want one and there's three on the planet Earth, somebody's going to have to pay for it, <laughs> right? So that's my point. Uh, here's an example. If you would have asked me 10 years ago, would a PV Wolfgang made in the USA be worth three grand or two grand or whatever people are asking for it now, I would have laughed. I wouldn't have answered it with yes. <laughs> I would have laughed. Like right now, I'd be like, this is that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Who would buy buy a PV used USA guitar for value? So the reality is it's not valuable because of any other reason they don't make them anymore. And uh there's not a whole lot out there comparatively speaking. So to answer your question, yes. Uh I don't know how much value it is. I don't I can't tell you. I can't say something's going to be worth $50,000 or $5,000. We don't know. But what I what I do know is is that anytime there doesn't seem to be a lot of guitars, um, as time goes by, they seem to go up. And I've seen that consistently. I would bet on that, than bet, bet on the contrary. And even if kids uh, today, when they're 40 years old, because that's what you're talking about, right? 30 to 40 years from now, you're talking about 10-year-old kids and 20-year-old kids, you know, uh, when they hit their 30s and 40s or whatever, 40s and 50s, and they're in the m- mood to collect, because, uh, you know, hey, that's the, they got the ducats, you know, right? Um, Uh, they're going to want, obviously, what they wanted when they were kids. That would be practical, right? But they're also going to want what was in the history of guitar, and they're also going to want what's cool and unique. I think that will all factor in. So, yeah. The question is how much. That's where it really gets tricky. Like, when people predict a fallout in this stuff, like, basically, at some point, vintage guitars won't have value. Not no value. They just won't be obscene, right? I think, and and please, please... I don't know okay (laughs) I just I read something once and I thought I read and it could change but I thought it was a couple years ago I thought I read where like that's happening in the car industry where like Model T cars aren't as valuable as they used to be because the generations that would love those cars have kind of like passed away and they're or they're old you know in their retirement and they don't want to buy stuff like that I thought I read that and so that essentially what happens is they're saying like older cars like Model T era cars that style car is not as valuable And that was kind of, I think, the logic of the whole, you know, um, like I love Avenged Sevenfold. So let's say I'm, uh, you know, I'm 20 years old right now and I love Avenged Sevenfold. Uh, In 20 years when I'm 40, will I want a Korean-made Sinister Gates guitar? Or will I pay, you know what I mean, for a 90s uh, Strat Plus? That's the million-dollar question. But I don't know what the answer is for that. I just know that there's no way that that, Made in the USA, limited, hard to find, Strat Plus or whatever guitar is going to have no value because, again, it's, you know, that's just what I think. I think everything will hold some value and keep going up. So Sean Brooks says, same reason common values are not what they used to be. Yeah, and I, I so, you know, we've seen things hit this. Look, we've seen markets uh, get hurt. Um, my understanding is baseball cards are another industry where it's not the heyday it was, however, it's not nothing, so I understand, and again, I, I remember, my my interests are only in guitar, so anything outside of that, it's just me just giving generic guesses, or using as an analogy, um, like, I can imagine if you bought a comic book, you know, 20 years ago, or 30 years ago, for, you know, two bucks, and, and, and it should have been worth now a grand and now it's only worth a you know, hundred bucks. You could argue it's not what it used to be, but it's still your two bucks were well served as now they're worth a hundred dollars. That's what I'm basically getting at. If you buy a, uh, if you bought a guitar, uh, a nineties era, you know, American made instrument and you have it now. And let's say you have $800 into it. where What in 20, 30 years, what do you think it's going to be worth? Probably more than what you paid for it. <laughs> so is that a great investment? I don't know if it's a great investment, but I don't, I can't, I don't foresee it being the, the opposite of that. Uh, Frederick says, Hey Phil, what's the big difference between a Friedman and a Marshall? Um, Well, it depends on the model, of course, but let's argue this in the easiest way from probably what you're asking is, you know, from practical, you know, practical play stuff. Um, I, I play Marshalls and Friedmans. I like them both. To me, Friedmans are modded Marshalls. I think that's what most people's takeaway is. It's, all the people, all the years, all the players over the years that had their marshals modded up by all these great, you know, mod mod guys to, to make them kind of more ferocious, you know what I mean? Kind of a little bit more kick, a little bit of distortion. Uh, they do that. There's something about the Freedmans that I like in the way that they sound. They have the classic Marshall vibe, but they're not Marshalls. They have this their own thing, and I like it. However, uh, you know, I like Marshalls too. That's why I have a I'm looking at it right now. I have a 1980 something. <laughs> I have a plexi. I can't remember what it is. It's eighty nine. Is that the nineteen eighty nine? Anyways, I have a plexi. I have a JMP. I have a bunch of Marshalls that I love, and I love them because they're not Friedman's. and I like my Friedman's because they're not Marshalls. So uh, the main question to this, the uh, main answer I want to give you is this: is um, here's the thing. I can't. I can't. I can't do myself, so maybe this is where your problems happen too. I want a Freedman that satisfies the Marshall itch. And I would like a Marshall that satisfies the freemanish itch. In other words, you know it I mean, nice to have one and not all the ones I have. And at this point, for some reason, I either feel this need to play through the old, old Marshall but, or the Freeman. The only thing I will tell you is I have no desire to own any modern Marshalls because all modern Marshalls to me, I like the Freedmans better. Just my ears, my preference, what I like. So and I have a a, a Dirty Shirley. Dirty Shirley to me has a plexi vibe, but it's again more aggressive. Throatier, bassier, more aggressive, different sound. It's different. Sounds like a different amp to me. It vibes like that Marshall, but it's not the same thing. So um, so that's my horrible example, what's different about them. But that's what I think they're different, is that the the Freemans are more hot rotted Marshalls, and there's a lot of good there's a lot of good things about that. Benjamin says new Fender Player Stratocaster HSS, okay humbucker single single, G string is constantly out of tune. I've checked intonation and it's all good. Any suggestions? So my guess is your G string is binding in the nut. That's probably why it's constantly out of tune. It's good that you've identified that that's the string because a lot of players will say that the guitar is going out of tune, but uh, I've, as, as I've pointed out many times in the past. When somebody says their guitar goes out of tune, I'm always like, what strings? <laughs> right? If it's all of them, yeah, we have a problem. If it's one or two of them, then we know where to, the, to start the the you know the fix. In your case, it's real simple. It's the G string. My guess is: look, all the strings are returning back to, to the same pitch correctly, because that's why you've identified the G string as the ones falling out of tune. So the bridge is not likely the culprit because it's returning back. There is a couple things I want you to check though, and they're gonna be silly. First thing, always check this, is it's just silly, but go in the back of the string uh, with the block for the tremolo and take a flashlight and look inside the hole of the G string and make sure there's not another string in there. That happens. Sometimes you think the string fell out and you put the new string in, and now you've smashed that ball end into another ball end, and it's just in there. And that could be a problem. So make sure that area is clear. That is the only thing that the bridge can be doing if only one string is going out of tune and the other five are staying in tune. Now that we've, once you've satisfied that that is not the problem with the bridge, now we want to talk about the nut. You'd have to make sure the slot on the G string is cut correctly and smooth. And then if it's fine, then check the tuning key to make sure that it's holding its, it's doing its job. And so, and like I said, break it down into the steps that way. So there you go. Also, and if none of that works, make sure. And this is because again, you're, you know, I, I don't have a follow-up, you know, banter with you guys. Um, if we were talking, just talking, and not a question where I'm answering a question, one of the things uh, we be talking about also is, uh, did, is this a problem that followed the strings? In other words, if you have an issue like that and you change the strings, and it's happening to the new set of strings, then we've at least eliminated that. So another thing I have to eliminate is. Is it that string? You know what I mean? It could be bad. Strings are bad. Sometimes they're defective. A string can be defective for sure. Um, so I also would want to make sure that you this, you've at least sensed this problem after you tried those symptoms or those things to correct the symptom. If that didn't correct it, you may need to change your strings to make sure it's not the string. If you change the string, then <laughs> I have no idea I'm even close to close that. D-I-D-I-O-B. D-I-D-I-O-B. D-I-D-I-O-B says hey phil first time i catch the show live awesome thank you for joining uh greetings from germany you make my long nights uh with the baby girl sh- shorter that's awesome i thank you I appreciate that um keep on the good work have you tried nick uber guitars i have when i was in germany i got to play a bunch i forget what music store we were in there's a bunch of us we got to go in a private room uh we mean customers you know they had a private room for his uh, nick Hoover guitars um fantastic uh fantastic guitars yeah they're the guy look those are the guitars you play and you go yeah, yeah. if i had six grand i'd buy it <laughs> seven i think it was seven whatever it was it was like yes you could have my money if i had the money to give you nick you could have it <laughs> and i would take your guitar but i didn't have that kind of money for those kind of guitars um I would put him on a very short list of let's say, um, oh maybe that'd be a fun video to make. Like five guitars I would buy over five thousand dollars. Like if I could buy them, what would I buy? What guitar? What five brands would I buy a more than five thousand dollar guitar from? He would be one. He would be on the list. Now the question is, where on that five? I don't know. I'd have to think about it. But he's on the he's on the five list for sure. Um, of the imaginary guitars that I literally cannot buy because I can't buy a five. $7,000 guitar. <laughs> I just can't do it. Like I said, doesn't matter. If I won the lottery tomorrow, you know, when somebody's like, hey, if you won the lottery, would you buy it? No, I can't do it. I can't own a $7,000 guitar. It does, It's mentally impossible for me to, to own it. <laughs> well, let me put it this way. And so, because I don't want to ever confuse any of you, okay? Uh, and, and, and for a lot of reasons, probably behind me, I haven't looked. I own $7,000 guitars. I just didn't pay that. I have a couple five thousand dollars. I have an eight thousand dollar guitar. I don't know what it's worth right now. Probably close to eight. I didn't pay anything close to that. Like I said, um, I have a guitar I paid uh, nineteen hundred for, for, and I know for a fact it's worth six or seven right now. I have a guitar I paid uh, sixteen. I know it's worth six. So I'm not saying um, <laughs> I can own an expensive guitar. I just can't buy it. I don't know what it is. It's like it's like handing over that much money. I bought my most expensive guitar I've ever bought in my life last year for my birthday. And I unloaded, as I told you, 19 guitars last year. And I I mean, it took it took like six or seven of those guitars to buy this one guitar. And I bought it. And I don't regret it, but I will never buy a guitar that expensive again or anything more than expensive than that. And the reason is, is because one reason, one reason only. I love it. I'm happy. However, I... Uh, I don't love it any more than a guitar. My favorite, here's my, actually, here's, maybe you guys will relate to this. Besides Nathan's guitar, which is right there, the one he made for me, okay? Um, And I say that because, you know, obviously he's a good friend, and that's a beautiful guitar, and I'm lucky to have it. Other than the guitar that Nathan made for me, my two favorite guitars, I paid less than $900 for. Literally, if I only had two guitars... I'd take those two guitars, besides Nathan's guitar, because he's my good friend who made me this amazing guitar. But I'm saying money, what I paid for the two guitars that I love out of all the guitars I own, I am into them for 900 bucks each, 919 for one and 950 for the other is What I paid, and that was years ago, and so it's hard to fall in love with guitars two, three, four, five times that when I no matter how many times of those guitars I buy, I still love more than the guitars I invested 900 bucks into. And as a YouTuber that reviews gear. I'm constantly picking up five to seven hundred dollar guitars in these reviews where I'm like yeah this is awesome like I can't I can't justify it uh, so that's where I'm at mentally it's all mental so like I said I don't want you to confuse that with money because like I said so when somebody's like but what if you win the lottery same thing uh I, I'll guarantee you this and I know for a fact I can uh, for a lot of reasons if I had a million dollars right now in my bank account before I would buy an eight thousand dollar guitar I would buy myself two $2,000 guitars, and then I'd probably, because I money didn't matter, I'd just donate $4,000 to some charity. And it's not to like, hey, I'm a good guy, pat me on the back. It's just, I'd probably enjoy that more. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, for some reason. I just can't, like I said, I can't get there. But I have tons of friends, including lots of viewers like you. Man, you guys can shut down $10,000 guitars, $8,000 guitars all day long. God bless you. I'm happy for you. I, I, again, you know, who who wouldn't be happy for someone who can afford a nice guitar, right? And, you know, obviously doing something good or right or lucky, all the above, but it's just not where I'm at. So the Nick Uber guitar, same thing. I love his guitars and I pick them up. And if there was anything I was going to justify that price point, it'd be one of his guitars <laughs> for sure. So uh, that's why you don't see more nags in my collection. That's That's the thing. I just can't do it. It's too much. <laughs> fox with a w fox in the hound says if i had five thousand dollars i'd buy the glary guitar company <laughs> uh, i just laughed i like the joke i appreciate the humor <laughs> that's a lot of glary guitars by the way <laughs> so yeah um, um uh chronicle uh, cultivation says the framest i like is over six thousand dollars yeah they're crazy expensive and I've, ne- and I've never, I've, I feel I've never had this from you guys before. And I won't, obviously, because you guys saw when I bought my Framises I bought my Framises because I went to Germany and the Framis guys made me a deal. And that's how I bought my Framises They gave me a deal. <laughs> that's how I was able to own them. Otherwise, yeah, same thing. Like, I, I'm again, I'm not soliciting in any way. Because again, because it's, it's still, no matter how what I got to spend, it's my money, right? But I'm saying if Nick Uber was like, hey, Phil, I'll send you a guitar and I'll give you a smoking deal. And here's the deal. That's when I would buy one you know what i mean uh you know what i mean uh, or if i found the right one at the right deal like i said i i can find a deal on something i want that's my problem i know if i wait and and very clear when i say i bought a guitar last year as most expensive guitar i bought i bought that guitar as a smoking deal like that was an opportunity to buy too as well eric nielsen says what music do i listen to uh is it isn't isn't it hard to turn off the analytic analytic mind um I don't have a problem with that. Uh, so I'll go backwards. Uh, turning off my mind, chilling out. The only thing that's tough is, look, the saying of, of uh, you know, if you love what you do, you never work another day in your life. Um, that's, that's probably true. <laughs> what I tell people is if you turn the thing you love into a job, you've now turned the thing you love into a job. <laughs> that's where I live now. I live in the, uh, this was my dream. i'm sorry it just is it was my dream to be around guitars all day and play guitars all day and own guitars and i'm not a cool guitar player i don't i don't have i don't have it nor did i ever have it (laughs) i never had whatever it is that you need to do that um and uh so long story short i found a way to be around guitars all day through my music store through repair through now the youtube i find a way to 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 be around this i can't afford like i said i can't afford these crazy expensive guitars Uh, so I learned how to obtain them through, through this trading, through, you know, collecting through this journey of mine, um, through repairing them, right. Finding the right deal and then repairing one. Um, so, uh, that being said, my problem is never turning off an analytic mind. My problem is my job and my passion are now aligned. So sometimes it's hard for me to figure out when I'm working and when I'm having fun. My wife, luckily, luckily, is my anchor for that. Sometimes she'll look at me and go, you need to stop working. I go, I'm not working. I'm looking at this guitar and doing this thing. She's like, yeah, for what? And I go, for this video I'm going to do. And she's like, that's working. Please, you know, calm down. So uh, so that's the only thing I have to do is I have to kind of center myself. Um, I got the best advice ever off of a video from uh, Steve, who's uh, a guitar samurai I really apologize right now. I don't know if it's Samurai guitarist or guitar samurai. If I get it wrong, his name's Steve, and he's awesome. But <laughs> um, uh, but anyways, he on his channel he said in this world of what we do, uh, content creating, and of course the other you know my other jobs, uh, he said you don't plan work time, you plan off work time, and that was the best advice for me. So that's what I do. I actually I don't set when I work because I assume I just work all the time. I set when I don't work. That's the best advice I got. If That helps you guys out there, especially during COVID, working from home, best advice you could ever get. You don't set your work time. You set your not working time because otherwise you'll always be somehow working. So that's the answer to that part of the question. What music do I listen to? It depends on my mood and I go through phases. Uh, I've been in a country phase for a while. So this is about two months of country music, maybe because I'm sad in the house and COVID and just like want to listen to guys sing about their dogs, but so kind, So I go through all kinds of phases. So I'll be like country music and I'm, I'm a binger. Uh, so, so whatever it is, okay. I don't care what it is. Uh, it's, I'm a binger of everything. So if I'm into something, I can't stop that thing. So if I like a show, I binge watch the whole show. If I like a restaurant, if I, if I, my wife takes me a new restaurant, I want to go there the, three times in the next month. <laughs> right? To the point where all my friends are like, we, we don't want to go there anymore. I'm like, oh, that's the best place to go until I'm sick of it. I binge until I'm sick of it. So same thing with music. I binge, um, you know, uh, I'll binge like uh, rock. I'll go into rock or I'll like Def Leppard or like punk rock or uh, metal, whatever it is, I binge it until I can't stand it anymore. And then I go to the next genre. So I'm binging. So lately it's been country and I'm slowly coming out of country uh, and going into this weird Def Leopard phase, because <laughs> I watched the Hysteria documentary that's free on uh, uh, Amazon Prime, and uh, I highly recommend that I uh, if, you, if you get a chance to watch it. Grumpy My Guitar says, for the tone jar, and why not? By the way, I liked your piece on Shane's In the Blues video. Disclosure uh, paid promotion is super important. I get no credit for that. That was Shane 100%. Shane Uh, reached out obviously to us but to me and said hey would you mind making a clip and this is why and um you know it's a funny subject I know it fires all up everybody you know you're always gonna get the the internet's always so happy and so pleased to talk about a subject anyways um I I looked at it and I think Shane was 100% right in wanting to do the video it's not a who's Telling the truth and who's not telling the truth. Thing is, does anyone even know? Does people even know they have to do this stuff? My thing, and I've said this before, in a broken record. My thing is always, uh, if I don't buy it, I just want you to know that's why you know I never felt, I felt, haven't felt the sting of the wallet. You know what I mean, the losing of the money. Um, same thing with the Nick Uber guitar. Perfect example. If he was, if I got a discount on one and I did a video, I'd have to not only legally disclose it to you that you know he's the guitar, but I'd want to tell you so that you know that when you spend your seven grand on that guitar, that although I love the guitar, I didn't, you know, you know what I mean? That's a big deal, it's a big deal. Because you wanna know how far is someone willing to go. And I think that I think that says a lot. I think we're killing it. I think as a, cha- as a YouTube channel uh, network of channels out there, I think as a whole, I don't know what the percentage is. It feels like everybody, you know, right? There's a few channels that still, for some reason, don't disclose certain things. And the million dollar question is, do they not know or do they not care and it's not about outing them it's about just like hey everybody this is what everybody has to say and do so i thought it was a cool video if you haven't seen it i'll make sure i'll put a link in the description to it it's a video that Shane from in the blues which is a great channel please check it out made with Robert Baker uh the tone king and, and anybody i don't mention i feel bad about but you know just give highlight uh and me and um giving our two cents on uh the ethics of disclosing not the legality we know it's the law what is the ethical part of that and why do you do it? You know what I mean. Um, and that I thought that was insightful too, because obviously saying you don't speed because it's the law doesn't really say you agree with the law. It just says you do it because it's the law. I I'd like to tell you this: if there was no law to disclose anything on YouTube, I would disclose everything like I am now. I'd be on the. Sh- I'd be look. And there's a penalty to this, by the way. The penalty is the other way and i'll get off this high horse i literally have a list now this long on my arm i could tattoo it on my arm and one day if i'm ever crazy maybe i will i could tattoo all the companies that won't work with me now because of the things i've said on youtube so anyone who ever argues that hey you can say whatever you want you can there is a punishment to this i'm not going to ever lie and say i can say what i want And there who cares it's not who cares i got a list this long of ta- small small names of companies that literally will never talk to me, send me product, work with me in any way because of something I said. And that to me, uh, that's my uh, reason why when I tell you why, why I disclose, I, I want uh, you to understand that there's a little bit of pain in that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I've been as happy that I did correct the fret sprout on that guitar this week. Uh, I haven't talked to them. They're usually good guys with me. You know, but I don't know, but let me tell you I If they never talk to me again, I wouldn't be shocked and if they talk to me, i will be happy But what I'm saying is I knew when doing that not disclosing because I bought that guitar There's nothing to disclose think about this that was an unsponsored video that required no disclosure But yet I've had so many videos that aren't sponsored that I paid my own money that pissed off a company and they won't work with me now. <laughs> so, so uh, that tirade is over. But again, I, I I like that we're at least talking about it as a as a, uh, as a uh, community. Angela says, "What does Angela say?" She says, uh, "Angela says, Phil, I have seen I have seen the sawtooth hybrid guitars. Okay, two humbuckers and three single coils. I saw the guitar too. Angelo Badio. design. Check them out. LOL. Um, I I just saw that guitar." Couple weeks ago, check it out. You know what? I sawtooth is another brand that gets mentioned a lot. Probably see it on the channel. Um the uh like I said, there is no no anymore on the channel. So if there's any guitar well, especially if there's not if you're not talking about crazy price guitars, but uh the way we're doing the guitars now, it's working out, which is you know, uh we'll buy you know, if company sends out a guitar, that's great. If they want to work with us, that's great. If the company doesn't want to work with the channel, we'll just buy the guitar because that's based on what you guys suggest. So when you guys suggest guitars, um the uh and right now what I'm doing is the, the patrons suggest guitars, and I'm just doing the guitars the patrons suggest because I gotta get that that deep into it. But then as we satisfy those, we're gonna do the others. Sawtooth is one of the ones that came up, so that might be the way i go with that because uh no one says no one said specific what sawtooth guitar to talk about. Uh Arthur Jett says, How often do you think people sell off their favorite guitar simply because it fell out of setup? I've been guilty of that in the past. Look, that's what's—that's one of the core things that made me start videos like this, the repair type videos. We would we would see that in the store. Somebody would buy a guitar, usually from Guitar Center. Again, I don't want to pigeonhole those guys because everybody's guilty of something. But it would come from Guitar Center, and it was jacked up setup-wise. And the employee of Guitar Center let it go through. I know, I feel bad smash guitar center but in my case it was guitar center so that's why i want to reference that um so what happened was they would bring it to the store and instead of saying hey i need this set up they would say i would you take this on trade it doesn't work for me it plays horrible i need to play and they and they would always it was always the same scenario they wouldn't bring the guitar and what they would do is come in our store pick up some guitars on the wall play one leave come back hours later days later with their guitar and say, I played that guitar on the wall. It plays great. I want to trade this in towards it. And luckily, hopefully, most of the time we would catch that. We would go, what don't you like about this? guitar is great. You don't like this? I think in one case, somebody brought me like a USA Strat that they just bought. And they're like, it plays horrible. And, and I'm like, why? And I played it and I go, oh, yeah, you need a setup. And they didn't know what that was. And then you tell them like, oh, yeah, at that time, it was probably 60, 70 bucks for a setup. So 60 bucks will make this play as great as the one on the wall. Or better so to answer your question how often does it happen I don't know how often but I know it happens because I've seen it firsthand in many cases so yes that is where and look and then and then of course from that I can trans I can translate that to my youtube channel with the thousands of comments over the years of people going Phil I had no idea that my guitar was supposed to be adjusted Wow, what a difference. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I can't take credit for that. There's tons of YouTube channels making content like that. But I'm just saying, I'm just one of a, of a pile of people who, who illustrate it. Um, so so there you go. So, yes. All right. So Explorer, while watching right now, Asked uh, got $100 off Sam Ash. So he said, basically, just pulled the trigger, literally, while watching the show on a Lizzie Hale Explorer. While watching the show, he asked and got $100 off Sam Ash. Easy. Just ask. Thanks. Reminder. Here's the... Uh, here's... Here's a reminder tip. So perfect. Again, like I said, there is no deal on the internet that beats the phone call or the email or the talking with somebody in person. Look, man, everybody wants to make money. I have been in this business for many years. It's you gotta. It's flipping units, making money, make money. You gotta make the money, pay the bills, make the money. So letting somebody know you're not full of crap and you're ready to buy, and giving giving a salesperson or a business owner opportunity by saying if you do these things I'm a buyer now sometimes if your ask is just crazy well then you know that's you on you (laughs) but in most cases I always try to I try to calculate it Um, what I can tell you is that's not from experience that's just me as a person so you can do the same thing I go what do I think they'll take that's not gonna piss them off because that's what I'm looking for everybody's different but me personally I'm looking for the offer that I can say to somebody that doesn't end with "screw you," <laughs> right? If you want to put that offer out there, it's hard to move that needle once you do that. Somebody's like, you know, two thousand dollars, and I'm like, well, see if they'll take a thousand. You're, you're gonna end badly. <laughs> I'll give you a thousand. Great. They're 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 gonna be like, here's what that response always gets you. I'll do nineteen ninety nine. Because then now they're just pissed. So you got to figure it out. And the only thing I will tell you is I've learned, again, all of us has learned from negotiating. If they answer fast, you were probably not, you're as aggressive as you want, should have been. So I learned from each time over the years. So if I say 1,600, like done. I'm like, oh, I should have did 14. 16's answer was too fast. Jeff says, thank you for the advice on the Glary GST. Mine came with a small wood knot just inside the truss rod hole. Looks cool. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, you know what the Glary guitars are like? Random. <laughs> it's like you're going to get... It, it's, it's um, When I was a kid... <laughs> when I was a kid... Anyway, I'm going to go ahead with it. When I was a kid, the, the local corner store, what they did is they took all the candy that they couldn't sell. All the crap they couldn't sell, and they put them in grab bags. So they literally sold them as grab bags. They were like fifty cents, and you could buy this little grab bag, and it was like a bag. And this, it was like mine. Ours were colorful bags, like paper bags, and they stapled them. And you pay fifty cents, and you get all this crap, and it was mostly crap. But to kind of sell it, right, to make sure you came, and got another ones, they put a couple of cool things in there. Every once in a while, you'd open it up and they like, got the right thing. Glary is like the grab bag of the guitar world. You, you go open that box of Glary, it's either going to be way better than what you ever anticipated a $75 guitar to be, or it's going to be horrific. <laughs> uh, I know, because I've talked to so many of you about the ones you bought and the experiences you had. It's not 50-50, because if it was, I would not never talk about them again, because it, that would be horrible. But I, I really feel like it's 20 Eighty percent of you are like, I can't believe this, Phil. Thank you for the suggestion. Twenty percent are like, man, this was bad. So, and I and I hope again I'm conveying that in those videos that it's about repairs, it's about messing with stuff. But sometimes you get lucky, but sometimes you don't. Uh, and if you don't get lucky, you know, you buy it on Amazon, you should be protected. If you're not, I would contact them. Ed says, any thoughts on the Jazzmaster style tremolos? Uh, I'm building a dual P90 semi-holo kit and one And curious if they're any good. They're good. They're not my cup of tea. They're kind of fun. They're out there. Uh, me, me personally, if I was building a Jazzmaster for myself, I would put a Bigsby on it. I think that's cooler. It just depends. I don't think that bridge is a great design. I don't need to lock it. I don't like the lock and pin. Uh, the feel of it is kind of like loosey and that's kind of cool. It's like loosey-goosey, but I like the Bigsby. So, if you, want, if you want to go with it, go with it, but, you know, you're asking me, so, yeah, Bigsby. <laughs> would do Bigsby. Uh, Will shafer says, do you still love your custom shop Strat? I'm a, telly. I'm a Telly or just bought a Dream Fender custom shop Telly. Can't wait for it to arrive. Uh, well, I love my custom shop Strat. It's behind me, the blue one. Or the per- Did I say blue? I saw the blue guitar first. The copper Strat behind me that I can't point to. So everybody listening, I'm pointing to a copper Strat. I love it but again it's a rigged system for me my custom shop Strat is custom made I specked out every detail of that guitar not only the color not only the type I even spec out the wood on that guitar that wood is not only alder it's one piece of alder there's no it's not a two-piece body it's a one- piece alder body so it's one piece of alder tight route uh, cavity control so it's uh, so I didn't even have them route big enough for the humbucker so i had to route that later when i did it <laughs> um uh quarter sawn burl maple neck 12 inch radius fretboard i spec the fret wire i spec the the uh the bone material i spec the spursal locking keys um you know what i mean the the t- t- bridge so it, and that's back when you could do that so so i said yeah i love it tosh it says okay so he opened up a music store in australia back in August. Feels great to be listening to Phil's wisdom again. That's awesome. Uh, congratulations on opening the store. Best of luck to you. Over the years of doing the, the live show, I get that question all the time. Like, what do you miss from the store? And I always had a bad way of articulating. I've learned I've learned from that question. I've learned two things. So one, I got to touch as much gear as I want. That was really nice. I miss that. Specifically being able to pick a piece of gear and try it. It was just all the random stuff that would come in. You get to try stuff. So I miss that. So enjoy that. Whatever comes in your store, new or used, enjoy it. And Almost all of my friends, other than Ralph, who I've known since, you know, I was 19 or 20. All my friends that I currently have are from my store. I mean, you know, really. I mean, actually, no exaggeration of that. I have so many friends uh, from that store, from meeting people every day. I met so many people and became close friends with them. Because everybody comes to your store loves music, and that's great. What a great thing to have in common with somebody immediately. Now we're at the, the, the pinnacle of this, the end of the show. Doby DOS. <laughs> what is Doby DOS? By the way, Doby, dude, man, working out. Jeez. Anyone obviously you're all fans of Doby DOS. He's a huge channel, but man, that guy, woo! And COVID, when COVID came, a lot of us were like, we're gonna eat donuts and chocolate and gain 20 pounds. Doby's like, I'm gonna gain 20 pounds of muscle <laughs> on each arm. I'm just saying, congratulations, buddy. That's uh that's uh that's a lot of work. You can tell when somebody's working like you are, that's work, man. You you are hitting the gym. And you just got married. You know you don't have to care anymore, right? I hope your wife doesn't hear this, but you don't have to care anymore. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so, uh will I be at Summernam 2020? I didn't even know until just now. There is there a Summernam? The last I heard, the place that they hold Summer, Summer NAM was like some kind of triage hospital for COVID that's no exaggeration that was true it says also what are your thoughts on they will be larger this time to compensate for the lack of winter nam 2021 uh okay so great question uh will i go to nam i have no idea i literally like i said just like uh, like 5 seconds ago i just found out there's n- summer nam from you and, and in covid i don't like to make a plan more than 30 days in advance uh rumors that it'll be larger i don't know you know what it is i i think personally it's it's a 50/50 shot and what you guess right now your guesses are simple. A, as soon as there's events like that, people are going to come in droves because we've just been trapped. We're all cabin fever, right? We're just like all literally just hiding in a house. How do we get out and get around people? B, no one's going to want to go around people. <laughs> so th- that's the question. Look, I'm, I'm like a lot of you. I'm missing people. I'm I'm missing everybody. I, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm, I miss Dovey. <laughs> you know what I mean? I miss bumping into people. Um, I, I trying to say, I feel, almost feel like I'm speechless right now, just because, like I said, it's, it really hits you when you realize like you're isolated. I hope that's what, uh, I think that's why I like these live shows. I think Dovey doing concerts live, I think it's cool. I think this has been the connection I've needed through COVID. I hope it's a connection you guys needed. I don't want to end on a bummer, but that's kind of, that, maybe that's not a bummer. We have each other. Thank God for the internet. Because <laughs> without it, it would just be staying at home. It would suck. Mr. Tudor, you'll be the. Tutor? Yeah, Mr. Tutor 007, we'll be the last question of the day. It says, Did I work with Dane from Zim's Guitars? So, Dane at Zim's Guitars, if you guys don't know Zim's Guitars, he's in Mesa, Arizona. It's got a little guitar shop there. Uh, and uh, uh, so, check it out. Uh, Dane was a customer in my store. So, uh, literally that's, like remember I told you all my friendships came from people at the store. Dane was a, a, a person who came to my store. He bought guitars, but he also bought and flipped guitars, right? So he was doing both, you know, right? sometimes for him, sometimes I think one time I sold him a, uh, a, a Strat highway one that was supposed to be like, he saw an opportunity cause I had like a smoking deal on it. I think he bought it to flip it, but I think he ended up keeping it for a while or keeping it forever. I don't remember, but so that's where he came. And then he, he decided to open a store. I want to think because I think I, I want to I want to think this because I made it look fun <laughs> it wasn't it was work <laughs> but I made it look like it was not work this is a good 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 skill to have I guess if you can do it uh, so then he opened a store uh, I want to say in 2016 that sounds about right because I think he opened it like 2016 if I'm wrong I'm sorry Dane if it was 2015 um, and then we closed the shop in April of 2017 for doing YouTube and just do, doing repairs now. And then whenever I get a chance, he's kind of like the store I'll go to because I know him from, and I go to Milano's too music. If you're in the area, there's stores I go to because I, I know the Milano's people. So I go say hi to them and go check out gear and buy some stuff. And I go to Zit Dane's and buy stuff. I try to, to frequent the guitar centers a little bit, but I, I, I you know, it's not, nothing against the guitar centers. I'm just, I owned a small business, but I want to go to small business. So if I can, it was just in Dane's store. What'd I buy? I bought an overrated special from him that I bought a 1984 Tube Screamer from him just recently. So he had in the case. And I was like, oh, I think I need that for some reason. So I have a vintage, I guess, 1984 Tube Screamer. So that's how I know Dane, and that's how I know Zims. And that's why I try to help. Uh, pr- well, I did some videos for him on the channel. Because it's a hard gig, man, I'm owning small business. It's all work and some play. On that note, I'm going to let you guys go. As always, I want to thank you so much for your time. And until next week, know your gear.